You're listening to Miranda Live. I'm Miranda Devine coming to you live from the Daily Telegraph newsroom in Sydney. And you've just heard the wrap up of the New South Wales budget from the Treasurer himself. And now let's dive a little deeper into it all with our state politics editor, Anna Caldwell, who has been reporting extensively on this budget already today. Thanks for joining me, Anna. Hi, Miranda. Now, Anna, I wanted to, before we get into uh, your analysis of the budget, just wanted to go through some of the feedback that we've got from our listeners. And please, if anyone does have any more comments, just go to thedailytelegraph.com.au and leave a comment. Or you can go to Twitter using the hashtag Miranda Live or visit our Facebook page. Very keen to hear your views. Now, Anna, uh, we've got some feedback here. Barry says, stop stealing land under the so-called Fair Acquisition Act. Act. Frank says, why are council rates still rising, even with amalgamation? Should not the cost of living be coming down, not rising? Uh, Richard says, why he does Perite continue to willfully cheat slash defraud residents, businesses out of compensation for properties compulsorily acquired? This is obviously a theme. Um, Arthur writes, taxes in general are increasing overall. You give relief on one, then add another new tax or increase the others into a uh, existence, a bit like moving the deck chairs on the Titanic. Colleen is talking about pensions. She says they need to be increased, not decreased. Kylie says GST punishes small business. I wonder how many are constantly in a payment plan. John says, yeah, let's print heaps more money just so the government can keep propping up all the young wasters. Well, Anna, that's not a very positive feedback there from our listeners. <laughs> no, it's very interesting, Miranda. And I mean, I think that's particularly interesting because these guys, the government, Treasurer Dominic Perrottet, have gone into this budget very deliberately trying to win the hearts and minds of voters. They see this as a pre-election budget, a cash splash. They want to get these guys on board. They want people to think, hey, this budget, this government is out there doing something for me. So it's interesting to hear feedback like that. I guess it really does show that you can't please everyone. Um, I mean, as I'm sure you've just discussed, um, as I know you've just discussed with the Treasurer and as you and I discussed yesterday, this is a budget that almost no matter what your demographic is, where you are in life, there's pretty much something in this budget for you. You know, oldies, new mums, um, pregnant women, tradies, uh, teachers. It's a budget that really splashes money right across the spectrum. Um, and interestingly, it, it, it is a bit of a departure from this government's long-term narrative, which has very much been about um, belt tightening and prudent management. This is, a, this is a time when they are splashing the cash. Isn't that interesting? And of course, mm. the Treasurer today did uh, claim that there was no pork barrelling. He claimed, no, no, he wasn't doing a cash splash for an election. But it's pretty obvious uh, mm. to any of us who've been through these budgets over the years <laughs> that it is an election budget. And um, now stamp duty has plummeted. Do you see that as a problem? Well, yeah, you're right. So stamp duty for this budget is down $1 billion, And then looking forward um, through to 2021, we lose about $5.5 billion on that front. So that's because of a softening market, but also a decline in volume, decline in foreign buyer transactions. It's not immediately a problem because the government is compensating with revenue from other places. So things like the GST pool, things like mining royalties. But I think what it does remind us is that the good times don't roll on forever, you know, and that's particularly a, an important message, I guess, in a budget like this where we are spending a lot of money. Um, the government is doing a lot to continue to maintain its economic narrative of planning for the future. But 
you know, stamp duty is, um, it's, you know, it is, it's something that's starting to slow for us as we go forward. It was interesting that the Treasurer uh, said to us that the stamp duty is a bad tax. He said, in fact, it's the worst tax. Mm. And if he had his druthers, he would get rid of it and uh, do what the Productivity Commission said and try and replace it with a broad-based land tax. But then that he said the state would be penalised by getting Mm. a lower GST rate. Now, Dom Perrottet seems to be um, hitting his stride. It's his second budget. How do you think he's doing as Treasurer? Dom Perrottet today, you're probably feeling pretty pleased with yourself. Um, you know, he's, he described his numbers, I think, as the holy grail of numbers this morning in his press conference. Um, he has hit his surplus. He's doing better in the surplus um, than expected in, in the Ford estimates. He'd be feeling like he's, um, you know, got a prize for everyone today. Um, I think the Treasurer gave a very powerful um, speech in Parliament today as well. He's really trying to position himself as a, um, a Treasurer for the people. He said that to me in an interview a couple of weeks ago. He said he wanted to meet people where they were at with this budget. Now, that said, he is going to face criticism. Um, as you and I just mentioned before, people are going to question, I guess, um, you know, the veracity of some of these, some of this kind of spendathon that's going on. So, for example, the, the hamper for new mums, 150 bucks for every new mum to have a hamper with things like um, nappies and nappy rash cream. I'm not sure that every taxpayer will be thrilled with that concept. And then, of course, um, there's going to be all of these questions around the future fund, which I know you spoke to the Treasurer about. Um, But that, that idea of doling out money to community organisations based on a local vote in electorates, it just seems quite fraught. I mean, um, you know, rorters are going to rort where they get their chance and mm-hmm. the government's going to have to work really hard um, to show that this this fund doesn't go down that path. And yes, this community fund, uh, it does sound like a big pork barrel, doesn't it? And in fact, you asked the Treasurer that question today in the press conference, mm-hmm. and he s- declared <laughs> that it certainly was not a pork barrel. But th- yeah. another question came from uh, another journalist, what's to stop it being another Ferry McFerry face with mm. this this polling, this community polling for uh, people voting on whether or not they want a particular project in their community? Mm, absolutely. I mean, look, if the government didn't learn from the Ferry McFerry face saga that um, public votes don't really go that great, um, I'm not sure what the takeout was of that whole that whole event. Um, I've spoken to Dom, to, to the Treasurer as well today, and, and he assures me that there'll be safeguards in place. So there's going to be a, be a board that's going to watch over all of this. Um, you know, he's he's talked to um, to Peter Costello about it. You know, he's got his plans. He's really confident about it. But you're right. The minute you're kind of relying on public voting, how do you know that you're not just getting all of your mates to roll in and vote for your community organisation? And is that really how we want to be handing money out um, as a state? Because I'm not entirely convinced on that front. Yes. And I suppose, look, the government does deserve uh, points for locking away money in a future fund at all to, yes. to save for a rainy day. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's it's a matter of you. We, I personally am trying to find negatives in the budget because really overall it's pretty great numbers and a big contrast to how the federal budgets have gone. Yeah, absolutely. And that's right. This government expects to get... Um, 
a pat on the back for what it's done with infrastructure and what it's done with economic management in your state, and it absolutely deserves that. Um, you're right. It's very easy for us to kind of pick these holes out um, in terms of, you know, it being a spend-a-thon in terms of the community fund. Um, but fundamentally, overall, they've managed to do things that previous governments have not even come close to being able to do. So overall, Anna Caldwell, what would you rate this budget out of 10? I would go with a 7.5. There is no doubt it's a great budget in terms of those economic numbers, but I think some of the spending potentially could have been better directed. So I I like the idea of... um, of money existing for all different types of demographics, particularly when they're struggling with cost of living. But I think potentially some of those things like the baby hamper um, and some other small measures in the budget, perhaps that money could have been directed um, in more effective ways to help with cost of living. Yes, agree 100%. Thanks so much, Anna. Great to talk to you. And that's the Daily Telegraph State Politics Editor, Anna Caldwell. And you can read all of her reporting on the budget, which is online now at dailytelegraph.com.au. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? (laughs) Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.